Da Nang was like forming in Paris Island. We were getting enough people in to form a battalion because often they weren't enough numbers. So they just kept adding guys, changing orders. Once they did, they shipped us out, flew us out to a place called Chulai. Chulai was, it was so early when we arrived, it wasn't even paved. We landed on some type of metal pallets that were hooked together. I saw those as a plane rounded to make its approach. I was terrified. How are we going to land on those things? And we did. And we began setting up a brand new area that had not been set up. I remember the mosquitoes were biting me on old bumps. And you take a shower and an hour later you'd be smelly again. It was very difficult. And you learned very quickly that you had to live each day because you didn't know what the next one would offer. So you lived each day as if it were your last. And that's when you develop friendships. And I met the three only friends I've ever had in my life. A young man named Vaughn Major, a young man named Vincent Smith, and a young man named Diva Julio. I don't know what the first name was. In the military, it's always last names. But he was Italian. He had that gruffy Italian exterior. I mean, real tight. And he said, Smitty, uh, I came here to fight, man. I want to be in combat. Why they got me driving for the commanding officer? And finally, he got his wish. And they transferred him to our company. And the three of us, Vincent, who was a vocalist, loved to sing. He was from D.C., small stature. You could tell he'd never been away from home. But he was a true friend and always true to his word. And Vaughn Major, you couldn't tell him he wasn't Smokey Robinson from Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. That brother loved singing. And our escape was singing. We would sing doo-wop. We didn't get high and mess with marijuana even though you could buy 10 joints for a dollar, show you how easy it was to get. We sang and kept each other company. And when we went out on patrol, we watched each other's back always. There was something that we called the fire team. Think about it. How many directions do you have? North, south, east, and west. A fire team, four people. If I've got the North, I don't worry about the other three because my three friends have got those. And that's how we protected and depended on each other. And I never knew outside of family how much you could love a friend. Each of us would have given our lives for the other without hesitation and you could feel it you knew it was real and we really watched out for each other one day we had a patrol it was out of not normally when we go out 
somebody became ill in another squad and we were the next ones up. And we came under attack. It was an ambush. And I remember D.V. Julio was hit. We wore flight jackets, but that doesn't stop around. You just hear it loud. And I knew it wasn't a good thing. And when he fell back, Vincent went over to administer first aid. And he was shot in the head. And I remember the moment I saw this. And I became emotionally numb. I didn't know what to do. I never imagined how it would feel to lose two friends that I loved that much. And the next thing was a hand grenade went off and it was behind me. It felt like a puff of wind pushing me. But I know it knocked me down. And knocked me unconscious. When I regained consciousness. My friend Vaughn Major told me what had happened. And that our two friends were gone. And it was like you cut a part of my heart right out of my chest. It's been 40 years. And it's just like it happened yesterday. I gave you that story because I want you to understand if you have someone you truly regard as a friend, we use the word too freely these days, but truly a friend, you embrace every moment you have because it is a gift. And that's what I came to realize when I lost my two friends. To jump ahead a little I have attempted to go to the Vietnam Wall six times to show my respect and six times I've been unable to go. The emotions are so heavy. They still live in my heart and this was another phase of my life that would teach me important lessons about friendship, Sharing, caring, and living each day like it's your last. You can't imagine what it's like unless you're in that situation where you don't know what tomorrow holds. So you live right now. That's why so many guys got high. Marijuana was an escape. If only for the day, just take me away. And my escape was with my friends and singing. And the war had taken two-thirds of that away. Two men I will never forget for the rest of my days. I returned from Vietnam after a year and nine days in country, nine months and 13 days in combat. Flew into Kennedy Airport. And people were throwing eggs. They had excrement in little baggies that they threw at us. 
They called us names that were so vile, I don't even care to repeat it. The way we were treated, it was as if we manifested the war. That depleting feeling of coming home to being treated that way, it really hurt. And some of my brothers and sisters, even today, after all these years, they are still suffering in silence because of the betrayal they felt after serving their country. I spent 20 days on leave and my new order sent me to Cherry Point, North Carolina. So I left New York by bus, arrived in a place called New Bern to catch a shuttle to the base. I asked the lady in the bus station, someplace I can have lunch while I wait. She said, yeah, plenty of restaurants. So I went across the street to one. I opened the door and they had the bell at the top. When you open the door, it makes the bell ring as the door grazes past. And there were four people at the counter and one behind the counter. And the bell startled me, but I thought when they all looked, they were looking for the same reason I was, the bell. But they weren't. They were looking at me. Although I was in uniform, the waitress behind the counter said, what are you doing in here? We don't serve niggers in here. I have to tell you, here I am still in combat mode. Here I am going through PTSD and didn't even know what it was. And a woman would say that to me in a country that I just fought for. And it took every ounce of strength I had to turn around and walk out that door. And I sat a half a block away on the curb, crying my eyes out trying to release that anger that I felt. I am thankful to God that he gave me the wisdom and the strength to recognize that that lady of their opinions about me was not reflective of every white person I would meet. And although I remember what happened, I do not allow it to define who I am as a man. And I am so thankful because I met Matthew. He's a young man who got me started with this. He just happens to be white, but I don't care. I didn't let that moment change my life or my attitude. And this was the beginning of the next phase of my life. Her name was Agnes. The only African-American Agnes I've ever known. I'll tell you more about the absolute love of my life. 